cliffcentral.com. All right, we've got lots of uh, exciting stuff to get to this morning, but I want to talk to Dr. Hanan, and uh, we're going to speak to Aspasia, who we haven't spoken to in ages, Aspasia Karas, who is also part of the uh, Cliff Central family for some time. Um, what we want to do here is discuss something which I think strikes at the heart of so many people's relationships. Um, Aspasia wrote this great article on Albert and Charlene of Monaco, and they've got some kind of a deal, apparently. You know, I always wonder how these stories leak. Um, and it's the, the, the title of her article is Albert and Charlene's deal proves there's no romance without finance. And I wonder how many people believe that, first of all. And second of all, how many people are actually in a position to deal with finances in a way that it makes the relationship better? I mean, you, you, you need to have considerable resources in some case. Not everybody is a prince of Monaco who can give mm. their wife 169 million rand per year to stay in a miserable marriage. But I think it would be interesting to hear from Dr. Hanan about this. And uh, we'll be joined by, by Aspasia in just a moment or two. So how are you, Doc? Nice to see you. Nice to see you guys. How are you? Cool, cool, cool. This is not a, a new subject, and it's actually something you've even brought up before. So many relationships break down because of, of financial problems, financial constraints, not always the lack of money, but perhaps a lack of honesty and communication about money. So it's it's not as if we haven't touched on this before. And I know you've read Aspasia's article as well. We'll get to the, the situation in that particular uh, story in just a moment. But am I right to say that it isn't about how much money you have? It's about how you and your spouse, your partner, communicate about money and how you deal with each other. Yeah, when it comes for to sure. That. That's, that's, that's exactly right, Gareth. Money is just a resource and a medium, and uh, it's part of the rules of the game. And uh, it's got nothing to do with the amount of money. People, couples get divorced when they have uh, billions, and couples get divorced when they have almost nothing. Mm -hmm. Couples make it happen when they have billions, and couples can make it happen when they have almost nothing. It's about negotiating how we're going to utilize and use the resources in the marriage. Uh, effectively, because all a marriage is, as any other relationship, is just a game. Okay. And in order to play the game well together, we got to discuss the rules of the game. And when the rules are unclear or unrealistic, then natural conflict comes up. So with money, it's just another medium in which we play the game with. And you got to discuss it quite clearly. What are my responsibility? What are yours? How are we going to use this resource? Just like we would use any other resource or any other part of the game. Well, here's a statement from Dogozo, which I think will, will get us on the right uh, argument track here. He says, um, there cannot be romance without finance. Finance is the single most important thing in a relationship. Do you think that's right? Um, you know, the single most important thing in the relationship that is the thing that's not working. So, you know, they say when intimacy works in the relationship, it comes for 10%. When it doesn't work, it comes for 90%. Uh -huh. When finance work for the relationship, it comes for 10%. When it doesn't work, it comes for 90%. Mm. So suddenly when there's an element of the relationship that doesn't work, that's the single most important thing. Imagine I'll give you an analogy driving your car, yeah. and suddenly there's a flat tire. 99.9% .9 of the car might be uh, functioning incredibly well, but that one tire is just messing everything up. And in that moment, that is the most important thing 
in your drive. That is the most important thing in your journey. So, you know, there's a couple of fundamentals for any relationship and you've got to make sure that everything is not perfect, but certainly functional. So it doesn't make it the whole problem. So the single most important thing in a relationship is the thing that doesn't work. That makes a lot of sense. I like your analogy. Of yeah, the hugely. But, I think I might have not had failed relationships if I thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's many, there's many elements to uh, to a relationship, and uh, you got to make sure that all of them are functional, not perfect, functional, uh, so that it doesn't break down and break down the whole car. All right. So there there are a lot of other questions that are coming up in my mind here, but let's just talk about your your you know, your experience in practice. I mean, you've got so many clients and I'm sure many of them have got massive relationship problems. What would you say is the single biggest reason for those relationships to fail? And if it's finance, I'm not saying it is, but if it is, what aspect of that can be the most dangerous? Like, is it, is it not, um, not being open and honest about the money? Is it about being Maybe too schnorre if you're the one person in the in the relationship, or maybe being too frugal if you're the other person. Like, how how does it break down actually in your experience and having having seen so many people um, over the years who've tried to keep it together or just decided it's not worth trying to keep it together? Yeah. So look, um, there as I said, there are many different aspects to make a relationship work. And finance is just one of them. Mm. And there's no one main reason why a couple would naturally break up because of um, a finance issue. Finances are just the one stress. Kids could uh, break up the marriage. Uh, a lack of uh, practical contribution uh, can break up the marriage. Uh, lack of communication can break up the marriage. And I'm going to be quite boring here, but the number one reason why couples don't make it is because of a lack of compromise and communication. Mm -hmm. Those are the two most important thing. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. When I see a couple and they come here and it's one one of the partners say, it's my way or the highway. This is the only this is the only way that I'm prepared to make this work. Otherwise I'm out of here. That's when I stop seeing them. Because without compromise, there's no negotiation. And a relationship is really all about, well, where are we going to meet to make this work in the next 40 years? Where are we going to meet mm -hmm. in this spot in order to make it for the next 40 years? And that requires sacrifice. And if couples are not, are not able to sacrifice, unable to get creative. And as I said before, it's sometimes not even 50 50, sometimes 80 20 your side, sometimes 100 zero my side. Right. So, but you got to be able to negotiate, but communication, communication is the most important thing. But to your point with regards to money, you've got to discuss the rules of the game. You've got to discuss the rules of the game. And how do you know that the rules of the game have not been discussed effectively or efficiently enough when conflict comes up? Mm. So, you know, I'll use the analogy of a car again. How do you know something is broken? Well, when there's a warning sign or the red light comes up on the dashboard, a dash, a warning sign or, or the red light coming up in your relationship is when there's natural conflict. So conflict is a message that something is off in the relationship. Don't ignore it. Because just like a car, if you ignore the red light, it doesn't go away. But we hope, we hope that it goes away by itself. No, but uh, doesn't, doesn't it just usually. never does. It, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't go away by itself. It, uh, the problem gets worse and worse. And in a relationship, it's exactly the same thing. If there's natural conflict, yeah, you might 
cover it up with intimacy and you might cover it up with date night and you might covering it up with, you know, let's forget about it and sweep it under the carpet with a glass of wine, but you don't actually fix it. Carl, so you've got to be able to kind of dive in and, and fix it. Carl says, uh, you know, Hanan is quite uncompromising on this compromise thing. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am, I am non-negotiable. There's certain fundamentals that just can't be there. You know, I'll use the, the analogy again of a car. Uh, many things, the car, the radio is negotiable. The mm. aircon is negotiable. The seat warmers are negotiable, but the tires are just not negotiable. You can have 75% of the tires there, which is quite good, but it's just not enough to make the car go. And there's certain fundamentals of the relationship that just have to be there. All right. So let's look at this particular situation that we, we're trying to get us by but I don't know whether she's, uh, she's not connected or there's something going on, but her, her article is really well written and she kind of, you know, with tongue firmly in cheek, she says, um, the princess obviously felt her deal warranted some renegotiation, so she took a sweet time considering the entire enterprise. She was obviously wavering after making a break for it, so, so, but something had to give. She had been incentivized to continue performing at a level that would maintain the idea that we're watching some kind of fairy tale Disney romance, as opposed to the tired machinations of royal figureheads trotting out the illusion of grandeur for the little people. As a certain hip-hop artist put it pithily, there can be no romance without finance. So let's just take a look at this very unique situation. You've got a very wealthy prince of a tax haven in Europe who's effectively paying his wife just to keep up appearances. And she's obviously agreed to this. It's a contract, right? Let's not be silly about this. There are no feelings involved here. If it gets to that stage, that is a business relationship. You do X, I pay you for Y. Yeah, but you know what? What you, Gareth, you know my feelings about feelings, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You but... should never. You know, the thing is, I mean, talking about relationship, I always tell people, and it's so unromantic, but this is the truth. You should never fall in love with your heart. You should fall in love with your head. Your heart is a random thing that sometimes likes it, sometimes doesn't like it. And generally people like things that are familiar to them. And I used the analogy before and I'll use it again. Take the, the, the idea of a, of abused girl, maybe physically, emotionally, sexually. She will naturally grow up, naturally and organically grow up to and be attracted to somebody that represents exactly the same thing. Yeah. Not because she loves him, but because it's familiar. Mm. We naturally fall for people that are familiar to us because familiarity equals safe. So for that particular, for this, in this particular example, she will naturally fall in love feelings for somebody that's wrong for her. Yeah. And if you give her the right guy, she will naturally not feel for him. So if you are guided by your feelings, you're naturally not going to go for what's necessarily right. You will go for what's safe. So you should never be guided by your feelings. You should be guided by your head. Now, then people say, isn't a relationship all about feelings? Well, the truth is feelings will always follow if your box, if the boxes are ticked. So if there's trust, Mm -hmm. if there's communication, Mm -hmm. if there's intimacy, if there's attraction, if there's compromise, if there's common and shared values, the more you dive yourself into that kind of relationship, the safer you feel, and then the feelings can come up. So, yes, feelings are important, but they are secondary to ticking all the boxes and making sure that uh, all, I, all, all the ties are there. I think a lot of people are going to be listening to that going, oh, I don't know if I agree, Dr. Hanan, but you're right. I mean, it makes sense, and that's why in this case, I suppose, 
it is a business relationship. And if it's working for Charlene, at least to the point where she's making a ton of money and she just has to appear on the balcony every now and then and wave, then at least the rules of the game, which you mentioned earlier, are established at the beginning. The rules of the game are established. And I'm not saying that you should not you should not feel for the other person, but make sure that the box that takes it out, it can't work the other way around. You can't have feelings uh, for somebody and then there are no tires in this car. It's just uh, you're going nowhere. You've so, got to have the tires first and then fall in love with the car. So then, I mean, we can have a moral discussion about whether it's right or wrong. And in South Africa, there are lots of, of older men who have money, who have much younger girlfriends. We call them blessers and blessees, right? Um, we can't we can't really fault that if we're not in it because maybe the girl is getting exactly what she wants in terms of stuff is paid for there's money in the bank that's all she's really in it for the guy's getting what he wants he gets to have an attractive young girl around him he gets to have maybe the sex he gets to have the exciting life he gets to have the energy of someone who's probably you know above his pay grade in terms of uh, looks or, or or age or anything else but Essentially, he's paying for that company, and that's how it works. Yeah. And as cold and perhaps in some people's opinion and immoral as it may be, that's the relationship. That's the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. They each put each other in the right box, and that's how they treat each other. You know, the, the biggest thing that I see in my practice in terms of conflict is when people put other people in the wrong box. Mm. So in other words, they see a person in a particular way, but they treat them differently. And I'll give you a quick uh, example. Uh, I had a patient, she her, she found out her boyfriend cheated on her of eight years, and she sits in my office, she says to me, Hanan, I just want to go out and I just want to mess around. I just want to have playful, superficial sexual relationships with other men. I've never had that in my life. That's what I want to experience. Cool. She meets a guy and they have incredible attraction towards one another. And uh, that's what happens. And on the second date, he turns to her and he says to her, so tell me a little bit about your family. Mm. And she goes, no, that's not our relationship. And I said to her, good for you. She put him in the right box. He tried <laughs> to escape and she put him right back in the box because that way she would never get hurt. Their relationship was nothing but physical. They wanted the moment you wanted it to be more than just physical. If she had let him out the box, she would naturally get hurt mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's not what she wanted. He didn't represent that to her. So she put him back in the box. And that's where, and by the way, in that moment, he has a choice. He can go, well, okay, I accept the deal. I accept mm -hmm. the contract or I don't accept the contract, but at least it's an honest relationship and nobody's going to get hurt. So be very forthright with what you want wow. out of the re out of the relationship. Well, there's going to be a lot of controversy yeah. around this. I'm sure there are going to be people who say, oh, well, you know, if, if, if that's the way that she's going to behave, then she deserves to get hurt anyway. And, you know, some people oh, will say it's, it's right, <laughs> it's wrong. You don't know unless, <laughs> unless it's you in there. But I love it. This is, this is why we have this uh, discussion with you. So thank you, Doc. Nice to see you. Pleasure, guys. Nice to see you guys. Be well. Very good. There's Dr. Hanan Bushkin. Cliffcentral.com.